season. All right, let's open our Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's talk some stuff. All right, how many remember that uh, God prophesied that we would be in 2021? W-O-N. So I was in the store the other day, and, and this person recognized me, and, and uh, you know, so that, I'm not trying to make a point of that. I'm just simply saying they recognized me, so they came up to me and brought to my remembrance about 2021, and they said, hey, I'm holding on to the word. I don't know if you're here today. If you are, and you, you're, you're the one that I'm talking about, you can raise your hand unless you're embarrassed. But anyway, so uh, they said, hey, we're holding on to 2021 WON, but they said, I got to be honest with you. It feels like 2020 is on, on re repeat. I said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't assume that. Because here's what people don't realize. And, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like you cannot have victory without a battle. So you understand that. So sometimes, you know, I know we're all in faith. 2021, yeah, but why, Pastor, uh, is there battles? Because you're, you're not going to have battles where it's going to be like it was in a prior season. What I'm saying is we are going to see victory from some of the things that you have faced, even some of the things that we've had to face in this nation. So I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to start there in verse 13 that I really feel like, and I want to read it, and I didn't think I gave it to you guys, but if you could put it up in the Amplified version. I, I like the way that the Amplified says some things that I really feel like is very applicable to the time that we are in right now. And what, you know, after uh, Wednesday's events, there's still a lot of information that is going to come out as to who uh, it was that, uh, you know, breached the Capitol. Uh, again, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, realize that there is a very, very uh, planned out agenda uh, from the enemy of the blame game, the frame game, that uh, they set the gallows themselves and it's going to come out that they're going to hang in them. And uh, in other words, they're traps. It's not meaning any harm on anyone. That's not for me to decide all that. I'm not even wishing that. I'm not promoting it. So don't even say that. What I'm simply saying is we are in a place right now that we need to stand. We need to stand. Okay? We need to stand for God. We need to stand for the little babies in the wombs. We need to stand for Israel. We need to stand for morals, traditional marriage. We need to stand for our constitution. We need to stand for our great nation. Amen. We need to stand for those that are standing for the right things. Otherwise, we are looking at a generation that our, our children are going to be the recipients of what we have voted for and allowed. And this is why this has got to get settled, what's happening. And here's what's so crazy. What are you afraid of? Why, why not, if you voted on the left, why not see the evidence? If, if, if they're saying that there was voter fraud, if you're so right about your pick and you really believe that that's the one that God has chosen, <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. I feel like the Lord is mocking and you're so convinced, then why not let the evidence prove it? If, 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 the, if it's not valid, then, then, then you, you, you voted for your guy. But you're scared. Because you watched how they tried every attempt 
Lie after lie after lie after lie. And they're even trying right now to remove right now. Why not let the evidence come out? I think we need it if we're going to move this democracy forward and heal this land. Amen? Why not? If it exists, bring it on. And they have 271 pages that acknowledge and shows you that it does exist, that they refuse to look at it. So here's the thing. People got on the prophets. You prophesied that he'd be reelected. Stop right there. He did get reelected. He did. In fact, how many of you, the, the pillow guy? I can't even say their names because, you know, I want to, I want to keep you on. Uh, those of you that are watching my Facebook, I want to have you stay with me for a long time today. So I got to have preaching code. But, you know, when, the, when everything shut down that, that night, it's because there was a, how do you pronounce that word, Brenda? I've been rehearsing it and I forgot. An algorithm that caused everything to jam because there were so many votes from you, patriots, that jammed their system and now they've got evidence of all the changes to keep up with the algorithm that was taking place. <laughs> now look at Ephesians. I mean, the devil's just vomiting. He doesn't even want to say that word because he thought he had us. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 6, 13. Let's get on the word. Okay. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and watch this. Stand your ground in what kind of day? In an evil day, even of danger. Yes. And having done everything. Listen, it's dangerous when you were founded on Christian Judeo principles. And by the way, can I just say something for some of you wimpy preachers? I don't get involved in politics. <laughs> well, you're going to wish you did when they shut your church down. But do your history. Many, they say, now I don't know, you can fact check it, but, but there is, let's just say, I think it was 80%. So don't, you know, throw out what I'm saying because it's not the exact percentage to the exact minimal, whatever it is. But the majority of those that signed the Declaration of Independence had some kind of divinity, degree, or ordination. They were ministers who got involved in politics. That is why our nation and our constitution and how it was written with God and thousands of scriptures added to it. So we need to stand in an evil day of an attempted coup on a nation. That, now watch this. Stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything about the crisis demands to stand firm. Does it demand us to concede it doesn't demand us to get on and repent if you we've spoken for god in having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place fully prepared immovable victorious that by the way candidates who are running for office if you cannot stand firm 
hold your place and not be a political politician that does your own will, your own preferences, and you cannot stand for the people that voted for you, then don't run for office and you ought to not be in it. So I want to share with you this morning a few things that I really felt from the Lord. And I encourage you to go back on flashpoints. So I'm going to kind of hold on my notes for just a moment because I want to get through this very quickly. If, we, if God's trusted prophets with a track record of accuracy have all missed it, then I have a question for you. How is the Lord communicating to us then? If Amos 3.7 says God does nothing in the earth unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets, and they all missed it, they had a lying spirit in their mouth, then wow, God, you mean to tell me then that you're using the media and you're validating them as the voice of truth? We need to use our spiritual discernment, but let's use our brain. Some are even demanding repentance at this time. Repent, prophets. Repent, those of you that are speaking for God. And they're demanding that we concede. Some who have stood standing and fighting, and I'm not speaking fighting in a violent way. Yet do the people who are screaming repentance and conceding ignore the fact that before all the events of November 3rd, there were mass movements of repentance, first of all. But now... Let me say it to you this way. They think that there needs to be repentance because somehow they have missed it. They're misleading people. And I want to say this. Excuse me. Do you really understand where we're at in this nation? Do you really understand what is at stake? And do you really understand how God moves throughout scriptural patterns and consistency that he demands when it looks like that, they've, that the people of God have, have stood falsely? That's when God comes through. So I want us to look at a few things. Now, it's not about repenting. It's not about quitting. It's not about conceding. It's about a standing. I would rather, you know, somebody called and they were uh, trying to be helpful. And if you're watching, your text was not appreciated. Because here's the thing. People don't realize, I would rather continue to stand. Okay, why prophesy the word of the Lord if, if I feel like somehow that I didn't speak it right, if I live by that all the time, oh, you know, I, I, I might miss it. And there needs to be that kind of fear and accountability. However, there comes a point when you have a track record of 20 years, over 20 years of prophesying global events, national events, prophesying to presidents, prophesying to world leaders, prophesying to, to those that are in the highest of places, to the lowest of places, you have a track record how dare some people take a few prophecies that have yet to play out and deem you as false. And then demand that you concede and repent. And I want to say, God has not instructed me to do so. Someone needs to stand with his voice. Someone needs to stand with his heart. Someone needs to stand with this nation, and I would rather go down fighting if I was to go down. Number one, so when I was with God, some of the things that he said, I want you to look at Mark chapter 5, verse 39. So as I was before the Lord on Thursday when all the things were going down, 
I started asking God questions, and I just I laid before him, and I said, God, there comes a point where I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to speak, because if I speak out of turn, you have the right to correct me. And so as I was just laying before the Lord, I was worshiping him and listening. He spoke this to me. He said, I want you to go over and look at the story of Jairus. Now, how many understand the story of Jairus? His daughter was laying at a place sick, and they came and they said, uh, Master, you know, my daughter is, is, is sick. And so in the meantime, before Jesus could get to her, she died. And so Jesus shows up at their house, and look at the scene. It sounds like some people right now in our nation. And when Jesus had come to the nation, he says to those who are quitting, giving up, repenting, throwing in the towel, crying, getting on social media, and calling people false and arguing, why are you making this fuss or ado? And then he gives a prophetic message because the way God sees things is a lot of times very, very different than us. In other words, are you really sure that you have God's perspective? Now, if some people feel like they need to repent right now, I, I welcome you to do so if that's what God's put in your heart. Okay? I think it's right. If you feel like you miss it, you do it. But here's the thing. You have to understand the prophetic pattern. God told me something as I was before him. He said, stay with the story. I said, what's the story? He said, I've been telling it through your lips for 20 years. I said, okay, get a little bit more detailed. He, he said, I told you 20 years ago on 9-11 that I was raising up a president out of New York City that would bring this nation back on course. And I've prophesied through your lips for 20 years, even telling us when it would happen. How many remember in the 240th year of America's reign? So why are we making this ado? Because if we understand God's perspective and what his plan is, the damsel or the nation is not dead. It's not over. The nation is sleeping and needs to be awakened. Now, the daughter was sick. This nation has been sick with liberalism. Sick with twisted, reprobate minds that call evil good and good evil. That touch children. So he said, why are we making all this ado? Well, pastor, what should I do? Luke 21, verse 19. In your patience, possess your soul. There, there comes a point we got to put some reins on our soul. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. You know, I don't have any news app on my phone. I have no access to, 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 to the news. I also took Twitter and went, delete because y'all, not all of you, but it seems like it's the place for troll house cookies. <laughs> and they leave their troll droppings. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm at the point where I don't even check social media. So if you're on there calling me all kinds of names, I don't know what you're saying and I could really care less. But my staff will go, are you ready? Delete. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Number two, better move on. God is on purpose 
bringing us to a now what moment. What do I mean? We're at a place right now where it doesn't look possible in the natural. It looks absolutely impossible. There's every kind of scenario and things. And here's where we have to be careful. Isaiah 8, uh, Isaiah chapter 8, God came to the prophet and said, Don't prophesy according to conspiracies or what men fear in the earth. Don't put your mouth prophetically and prophesy those things out. So God had to establish a separation. Prophets, don't get caught up in what the people are fearing. Don't get caught up in conspiracy theories. But God is a God of the now what? In other words, think about it. Daniel in the lion's den. Can you imagine what it must have looked like for Daniel? There's been a lot of lying lions, lying voices, lying media. He didn't know what to do. But you know what? The now what moment came and God stopped the mouths of the lions. Think about the three Hebrew boys. You heard me say it on Flashpoint. Shadrach, Meshach, and Oregano the Italian. I'm still sticking by my story. It was oregano. Who was it that used to call, say Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro? Who was that? Who was that? Somebody used to say that. Who was that? Creflo Dollar used to say that. Creflo used to say that. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. All right, whatever your story is. So I'm going to stick with the Hanks translation. He was an oregano guy. But they turn the furnace up seven times hotter. The pressure is on. Come on, does it seem like things have been turned up hotter in the nation? But yet at the now what moment, I bet they kind of looked at each other just to see if anybody's starting to go, you know, cave in. But they all stood. And that's what God's looking for in this hour. He's looking for those that are going to stand in the now what moment so that he and only he, the fourth man, can show up and deliver a people. Number three. So I asked the Lord a question, and he answered me with this. Those who have prophesied, prayed, and those who are still standing with me have not brought reproach to my name, nor have I as your God lifted the garments to shame them. This is why God gave instructions to the prophets. Do not be moved by the people's faces. Now, does that mean prophets are not accountable? Absolutely not. Listen. The scripture does say, if a prophet is wrong, it says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. In other words, don't even try to physically harm them. They made fun of Elisha. The young people did, and bears came out and ate them up. So it's not that prophets aren't accountable, but what God is saying is, I, not me, God will deal with his prophets. He will. He'll deal with the filthy preachers that steal money from the church and are running around with their secretaries. He deals with them. It will always come out. So don't put your mouth on it. Otherwise, you know what happens while you're putting your mouth on it? God puts his finger on you. I've seen it too many times and I've had it happen to me. I started speaking against somebody one time. And all of a sudden, boy, I saw the finger of God turn off of them and what they were doing to my mouth. 
And I've paid a price for about 30 days. And it took my wife one day in a car. I said, Brent, I don't know what's going on. And she went like this, started poking her finger at me. She said, thus saith the Lord. I'm like, oh, my God, my wife is prophesying. Jesus is in the car. And she said, shut your mouth regarding that situation and that person. Because this finger that's pointing in you is God saying, shut up. The minute I repented and said, God, you deal with them, everything shifted and stopped. It's a fact, Jack. And if your name is John, it's a fact, John. Now, number four, why are we all upset? We've been praying for this. We've been asking God to expose the corruption, to drain the swamp and all of their creatures. And to establish righteousness and justice. He ain't coming. Can I give you a hint? God's not coming as with his little sweater on. And his train that fills the temple, you know, his little toy one. Hi, boys and girls. Today, I'm about to expose corruption in my neighborhood. No, he, 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 he ain't coming as Mr. Rogers. Well, Pastor, how's he coming? I think there's two ways. I think he's coming like the Duke. Well, I got to tell you. With true grit in his mouth. But I have a feeling he's ripped off his robe. He showed his man chest. And the Lord Sabeo, the Lord is his name. Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. I think he's coming like Rambo. Yo! And he's going to blast some devils. And he's coming after some demon rats and some Republicans. Because you can't stand Republicans for your nation. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Don't worry, next week we're going to go back to walking in love messages. <clears throat> we have prayed for this. Luke 18, avenge us speedily from our adversaries. Number five, we are not to give up. Why? Look at Psalm 23, 13 through 14, because David, out of the New American Standard, David said something so powerful. And I believe that this is exactly where we are at right now. David said, I would have given up hope. I would have given in. I would have caved in. I would have despaired unless I had believed. What? What are you believing for? That I would see. Underline those three words. I would see. What? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, here's verse 14. We don't ever read that verse. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Be weak? No. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, he reminds them. Do what? Wait for the Lord. 
Now, why? Why should we do this? Because let me tell you something. And, and those of you that follow the prophetic pulses and those of you that are watching, you remember I had a vision and I wish I, I mean, Sunil could help me if he was here. He, he, he always knows when we said things and how we said things and, and, and he's hearing me. But anyway, there was the vision. How many remember the vision when I told you that I saw something come out of the heavens and it was moving fast and then all of a sudden I saw it hit and it hit the earth and it hit the nation and I could see that it was a foot and I knew it was the foot of the Lord. And he turned it, now watch this, abruptly and aggressively to the left and he wiped it several times and then he moved it to the right and he did some stuff there but not as aggressive to the left and he moved his foot back to the middle and the word of the Lord said, who is standing on the Lord's side. This is not about being fluffy Christian. This isn't about being pathetic politician, passive preacher, and kino Christian. We know what the rhinos are, Republican in name only, but there are kinos, Christian in name only. So God is coming to divide a dividing line. Who is really on my side? Who, who is really radical? Who is really coming out of the world and being separate? Who also is going to stand for my nation and my Israel? Who's going to stand for my agenda? Even though you don't understand how it's going to play out, you don't understand, nobody does yet, and God's doing it on purpose. He's looking and seeing who's on the Lord's side. But now watch this. That is also number 16 where there was a guy by the name of Korah. And he decided with 250 of the Congress and the Senate to rise up against President Moses who was trying to establish MIGA, make Israel great again. And they rose up against his administration. And God was so angry at what he put in and the making of a nation great that he dealt with them two ways. First thing he did is he established a, a line of demarcation. Who's on the Lord's side? Who's going to stand with God? And do you know what he did? He made him make a choice. This is what this is about right now. Preachers, listen to me. Prophets, listen to me. Intercessors, Christians, uh, patriots, whoever you are that's watching. This is a time and a test that God is saying, who's going to stand and believe? Or who's going to cave in and concede? And so... God made him decide, and once they decided, he came and he opened the ground with earthquakes, which is we're going to start seeing accelerating. There's going to be accelerating of shakings of the physical soil. I think Kat had just prophesied it. We've been prophesying that as well. But here's the thing. Fire came out of the heavens and consumed their thing. But here's the thing, folks. This is what you have to understand. The enemy wants you to think when it's Korah and 250 that somehow it represents the majority. And so, you know, you look wrong if you don't, you know, go with them. Excuse me, why should I? 80 million of us have a right for our vote to be counted and our voice to be heard. Now, if you voted and you were not part of the 80 million, you're probably part of what, I don't know, was there only like 40 million for the left or whatever it was? Maybe 60, I don't know. There's so much fraud involved, we don't know how much votes that he actually did get. So we can only go off of the 10 people that showed up. But if you did put a check mark by the box because you think things are going to get better, 
Do you understand it's a very dangerous thing? Acts 9 tells us to kick against the pricks. It's a dangerous thing when you are, when you are resisting or you're voting contrary to what God wants and has chosen. When you, when you celebrate opposite of what God celebrates, darkness, come on. They already told you they don't believe in your God. They even made their party acknowledge that they don't believe in your God. They already said that they don't care about killing babies. They already talked about their liberal agendas and ideas, and yet you went and put a check mark. And you give license for evil. So, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 2 says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people will mourn. This is why. This is why. God is seeing who's on the Lord's side. And I'm telling you right now, we need to keep standing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just switch gears real quick in the remaining amount of time. Can they come up to the piano? I'm going to go a little bit long because I can. I was supposed to be out of town, and I'm just, I'm not going to end it. If you want to, if you don't like it, you can leave. If you have something to do, go for it. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless your lunch. I bless your whatever it is you got to do. Okay, Listen. When you've been in the trenches and you've been on the front lines and you hear the bullets flying over your head, I'm, I'm going to move forward, man. Okay? Now, I want to just talk real quick. I want to switch gears. But before I do, I want you to look at John 1, verse 46. Because some people are saying, can anything good come out of this? You know, you know, Pastor Hank, can anything really good come out of this? And I want you to know that, that that was kind of the proverb, so to speak, or the mindset that was upon Nathaniel in John 1, verse 45. He had heard some things, maybe even experienced some things about Nazareth. And so Philip finds Nathaniel and says unto him, We found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said unto him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, notice what Philip's answer was. Come and what? Come and see. Now, notice what he was going to come and see. He was going to come and see Jesus. I really believe that the Lord is up to something. And I really believe that in the end, that's what God wants, is he wants it to be about him. The focus is upon Jesus. Now, they'll say that we are into uh, isms and worshiping, you know, leaders. No. We acknowledge those that are standing for what gives our Lord the opportunity for his church to be unhindered. We are standing with that that favors the things that is on the Lord's heart. And he wrote in his sacred word that we must stand for. For the sake of the people this generation now, but also for the generations to come. And when there are leaders, listen. In Judges 5, it says that Deborah arose as a mother in Israel. We just saw a judge arise in our land. But Judges 5, in verse 2, it says, In that day, there was war in the gates. People were choosing side roads. In other words, they were coming off of the main issues 
or main points. It's always dangerous to get off of the main road and start you know, taking shortcuts and redefining things and, and all of this, which is what the cancel culture has done. So they were taking side roads and shortcuts off of the main war, uh, road. There was war in the gates. And here's the scary part in Judges 5. Sounds like our nation. It says, they did not know the name of their God. But you know what God's answer was in Judges 5? In verse 2 it says, in that day when Israel's leaders bravely led. Come on, we need some leaders to bravely lead. And notice what the people did. The people willingly, the translation says, offered themselves, but really the people willingly followed. Leaders stood up and were bold and brave, and there were a people that discerned what God was doing and stood with their boldness and walked with them. And if you keep reading... The tribes in Judges 5, do you know there were those that no matter the, the fact that the, the leaders bravely led and the people willingly followed, there were still those in the tribes that had great thoughts of heart. No matter what, they still would not stand up and be bold. So we're in a, in a very crucial time right now in our nation. What are we going to do? Are we going to cave in and just hand it over? I read a bumper sticker, and I may get it wrong, but there are two distinct, they called it entities, that have fought for you. And both shed their blood. One was the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for your soul. The other are the great patriots, our soldiers through history, that shed their blood for your freedom. And why do you want to so easily concede and give it away? I want to close with these thoughts here. Number one, we need to be careful who and what we are attacking right now. Because you could be attacking what God is doing. Don't forget Acts 9. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That guy was killing Christians and thought he was doing it for a righteous purpose. Number two, it is not wise to attack God's messengers. If they are wrong, God will deal with them. And then what you do if they're wrong is you let God deal with them. And then you watch how God deals with them. And you watch how they handle themselves. Look, this isn't a pride kick up here. I want to make that very clear. I fear God. I humble myself before God. Yet, why would you want me to quit and give up on what I hold strong to in hours and hours and hours and hours and days with God through the years where I've not been consumed with the media? I must stand and hold st strong with what I believe he has said and that he's shown and what I believe he has spoken. Well, but everything looks like that you're, you're wrong. Boy, I bet the prophet that prophesied a virgin would conceive. 
And it didn't happen in his lifetime. I'm sure he looked wrong. We got to let some things play out. Are you listening? So don't attack what God may be doing. And here's why you don't want to attack the prophets. And this isn't about, listen to me, if you think that it's just about me trying to justify myself, click, I just turned you off. Please do me a favor and turn me off if I'm still on. This is bigger than the prophets, the intercessors. But you have to understand an important principle. Look at Hosea chapter 12. And I want to look at it out of the Amplified Version. You know why the, the, the prophets, the true prophets are being attacked so heavily in the intercessors? Because it just so happens that God, in Ezekiel 7, verse 26 says, disasters upon disasters, or times of crisis, or rumors upon rumors, then the people will seek for a vision from you know, a true prophetic voice. So God always uses prophets or prophetic vessels in times of crisis. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God set prophets in the church. Here, here's a big one. Ephesians 4, verse 11, uh, Jesus now, the Lord of the church, put some to be prophets. So there you have the New Testament. But, but here's the point. You know why the enemy is trying, like hell, to attack the prophetic word of the Lord? Because look at what happens and how God delivers a nation. Okay? Do you think God's in the middle of trying to deliver a nation, or do you think he's just handed it over? See, it depends on what side you're on. If, if you think that he's handed the nation over and that we're being judged, then why waste our time anymore repenting? Why waste our time praying anymore? Why? At what point? Listen, I refuse that theology. Because one man, Moses, changed the destiny of a nation. Why not be that one man? Why not be that one person that refuses no matter what? I'm not giving in. But I want you to see this. Look at Hosea chapter 12. And we're going to end here in just a second. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. And by a prophet, Moses, the Lord brought the nation Israel from Egypt. So how did God deliver a nation? Through a prophet, through an anointing. And by a prophet, or by that prophet, notice the nation was what? Preserved. It was kept. So if you were Jezebel, and you were the devil, wouldn't you want to discredit how God speaks and how he operates in the earth? Because if you knew, come on, the devil, he may have a, a short memory, but sometimes he remembers things better than we do. He knows, wait a minute, God delivered Israel through a prophet. God even kept them and saved them and drowned his efforts in the Red Sea. Why do you think he's trying so hard to do the same? He doesn't want his agenda to be wiped out. But here, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Exodus 14, 13, the Egyptians you see today, <laughs> you're not gonna see them anymore. Stand to your feet. Lastly, I want to say this. You know, I heard somebody say, another text message, well, God's just given this nation over to what the people want. And I texted them back. I said, are you stupid? 
And they said, what do you mean? This isn't, don't put this on the people. Now, there was a few, you know, what, what's, what's 40 million of his votes or 60 million if we want to, yeah, that maybe chose it. But that doesn't represent 80 million that chose right. So don't think, okay, God, so you're a really screwed up, un, unrighteous judge that you're going to hand this nation to, at best, 60 million? Really? And you're going to ignore all the repentance and the praying and the calling out of what you usually listen to in times of trouble, and that's the remnant? Really? So we're just going to throw it away? Give it away, let it go away, and it's the people's fault. No, 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 no. It's not on the people. This isn't a Saul moment here. This is a devil moment. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and it sounds like it's used a lot of devilish people and some devil women to do it too. And do what is the thief's fruit. John 10, steal, kill, and destroy. This isn't about God handing it over to the will of the people. No, he's trying to say there is a thief on the loose, and that thief is going to go to jail. So, I want to say this last thing. Am I being too bold with you today? Because I can put my sweater on next week if you want. Okay. But, but listen, am I preaching truth? Yes. Okay. The last thing I want to say, quit attacking what God may be trying to do. Number two, quit attacking those vessels that are standing. Okay? In the end, if somebody needs to do something, let God hold them accountable. He does anyway. But number three or whatever it is on my list, Christians, we are the worst. We attack each other. The Bible says in Mark chapter 3, a house divided or a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Quit attacking each other. Stop it. Jesus said the world will know that we are Christians or his followers by our what? By our love. Stay in love. Doesn't mean you can't disagree with somebody. But if you don't like something, you know, let's just, let's just stay out of the arguing. And quit putting your feelings on a censored, tracked, Social media outlet, they're watching, they're tracking, they're listening. Am I still up, by the way, on Facebook? Okay, here's what they usually do. They let me kind of get it out, and then what they do is they take it down. And they put on there some goofy copyright infringement from the United Kingdom. Uh, if you're going to do that, could you please, uh, Sky, whatever you call yourself, could you tell us where, where we violated it? Attorneys want to know. So, quit putting your feelings out there because all you're doing is you're empowering them and you're showing them that you're getting to them. What they need to hear is stuff like, we're not conceding. Hold them accountable. Are you ready? I like it, kind of like Elijah, you know, in 1 Kings 18. Is your God out taking a pee? That's what he said. So, so maybe, you know, you need to put things like, Lock her up! Lock her up! Lock them up! Yeah, yeah. Father, 
I have behaved myself in your honor. I ask you to bless the people, bless this message. Lord, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice, Lord, that, that the spirit of truth, I believe if there's something that I have spoken or said that does not have heaven's backing, then just take it out, God. But let us stand in the spirit of truth. I pray that you would bless every person. We ask you, Jesus, come in our hearts. Forgive us of sin. Be the Lord of our life. But more than that, Lord, let us stand in this day. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, why don't you give somebody a high five? I got to go get ready for the next service. God bless you. See you, see you on Wednesday.